everybody, how you doing? It's Cole Cabana, professional wrestler and professional podcaster. You are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you are listening to Behind the Gorilla. What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And uh, this one might be a little off. Just, 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 just a warning. If you hear things, and if stuff sounds different, it's because I'm having to record this in the kitchen, which I don't normally do. But I have nowhere else to go at the moment, so we're we're making do, and it'll be, you know, it, it'll be fine. Look, it's it's Christmas week anyway. We're all a little off. The time between Christmas and New Year's never feels like a real week anyway. It's this weird in between oh, no, week no, no, where no, you're kind of on vac. You know, you're on holiday, but you got stuff you got to do, but you're just not quite there. I don't feel like I'm back in the swing of things. I don't know how you feel, Mark. You you seem like you're kind of out of it, too. So it, it, I'm it's fine. Diff- Nothing changes okay. for me. This is okay. my life all the time right now. Harris. That's true. That's fair. So, yeah. I spent all day playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront for the PlayStation 2. That's what my holidays looked like. Wait, wait, it's been wait, great. wait, wait, wait. But Battlefront or Battlefront 2? Battlefront 1. I've been going wow. through the campaign and then Galactic Conquest for 1. And probably once we finish recording, I'm going to fire up 2 and just wow. play all the stuff in that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention Battlefield 1, like, ever. Oh, no dude, it's e- great. No one ever talks or plays about or plays uh, Battlefield 1. It must just be, I mean, it, it must just Battlefield be me and my two friends. Just over just overshadowed everything. I mean, it was it was really good, don't get me wrong, but, like, the first one's great, too. I like it. There's original maps on there. They don't have to, like, stick so closely to the movies all the time. There's some different stuff going on. This is, I mean, I played this game for, like, a year or two before they released Battlefront 2. So it's it's got some deep-rooted nostalgia for me, for sure. Nice. I still have Battlefield 2 somewhere, because I still have my PS2 somewhere in here. I don't yeah. remember. It's with my stuff when I moved somehow. But what I really want to do is I need, I'm trying to buy, find like a cheap, uh, someone's like cheap PS3 that I can buy so that I can play Black Ops. Mm. Mm. Dude. Was that, I guess, the first one? Yes, yes, yes. Although the second one was good too, but the first one is my favorite Call of Duty game that's been made. Hmm. All right. It is fantastic. Welcome to Video Game Talk here on Behind the Gorilla. We're, <laughs> I was going to say we're ill-equipped to talk about that. We're also ill-equipped to talk about wrestling, but like, I don't, well, that's true. I, I well, barely play video games. We're more equipped at that, though, than video games. At least I am. That's for sure. No, for sure. I'm My nowhere favorite kind of video, video games. games. Are the, the single-player ones with the massive single-player campaigns where you can just wander around the world and do whatever you want to do by yourself. But like, I'm, as I'm, a cowboy or whatever, those are my kind of games. Th- those are not my kind of games. My kind of games are anything that you can just play one and done. Like sports games, shooter games, mm. wrestling games. You just pick it up, you play, 
and you're done. You don't have to worry about levels or any of that crap. That's what I'm a fan of. I hate levels, so therefore I'm ill-equipped to enjoy video games. Yeah. I mean, even open world games these days, they don't have actual levels. They just make everything sort of half open world, and you just have to wander from one area to the next. Yeah, And those are like your levels. Some of that's, yeah, no, some of that's fun. There, there, there is some of that that I somewhat enjoy, but mm. I, I hated um, having to, I hate having to redo things. I think that's where it, it, it comes down to. Yeah. I hate, like if I lose on some level and then I have to mm-hmm. do the level again, I'm like, I'm done. Like I don't, I just did this. I don't want to do it again. I experienced that some today. Worst thing ever, boss levels. I hate mm. boss levels because those are not fun. Have you ever enjoyed playing a boss level? It's all some specialty thing. You have to do this a certain way and then press this button a certain way. And it's like, I don't know. I never enjoyed them. I mean, it's all about the timing, right? Like, I just played Jedi Fallen Order. And that's great once you get the hang of it. Right. Yeah, you know, that's the other it, thing. It's a very specific, like, you have to be careful to block, to dodge. Once you figure out the timing of the thing, it's pretty doable and it's really, really fun, but there's a learning curve before you get there. And it was very, very frustrating for a hot yeah. minute. Like and I usually don't walk. survive the learning curves of stuff right. like that. Like right. I remember they, I, I, my, when I first went to college, I had a roommate and he had an Xbox, he had a 360. And so I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I have a game system here. I can actually like play the Arkham games. Cause I'm a huge Batman fan and everything. So, right. Got Arkham Asylums. Like everyone loves this stuff. Played it. Played it for like a week, maybe. Got like six percent through the game, and I was like, and each each time was like two or more hours. And I was like, I'm. This is a waste. This is annoying. Like this. This is too much. I, it took me like forty five minutes to find where the level was at one point because it was like yep. up on the roof of a church or something in like a in like a tunnel. And I was like, I kept going back and forth throughout the map. I was like, where is this level? Like. And I was done. I was like, I can't. I don't have the time for this. I don't have the effort to just wander around in a video game. Can you guys tell that not much <laughs> happened in the world of wrestling this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, like nothing. Like as we established last week, okay, AEW wasn't on the air, right? Did anything no. happen? I didn't. I didn't watch NXT. I didn't watch Raw. I, literally, mm-hmm. I, I checked the Raw recap the next day on Cage Side Seats, and the title of the review is literally called Just Watch Next Week. And I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so That's awesome. I don't – like Samoa Joe got attacked by AOP. That's fine. Becky called out Asuka, so they're going to fight. That's cool. Uh, but all this stuff is happening next week. I don't It's care. like, okay, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing we can talk about as much as we can considering we didn't watch it uh santa won the 24 7 title briefly well that's good he ran yeah he ran away from r-truth and akira tozawa for most of the show and then r-truth pinned santa claus and got the title back so great okay well they couldn't even commit to that well okay in their defense it would be really weird if santa claus held the 24 7 title for like four months it would be amazing it would be amazing. He loses it at the Christmas in July episode of Raw. They're just chasing him around WrestleMania. It doesn't. Oh, man, saying, we did it again, Mark. We booked ourselves in a better position than WWE. I, I like look. I haven't watched WWE other than every now and then on a Monday. I've like mm-hmm. finished watching a movie and it's like nine mm-hmm. or it's like ten fifteen, and I'm just like, well, I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> 
nothing's on. Raw's on. And then I click it on for like three minutes. And I'm like, um, I- I'd rather just go watch YouTube videos. And then I turn it off and then just go do something else. That, that's the most, that too. It's the most WWE I've watched in a very long time, which is a shame. I mean, I should be watching NXT. I just well, don't. Rumble season is about to heat up, so it's about the Rumble to be time is fun. I, I, actually yeah, even it. even with me not having watched any WWE stuff, and that includes pay per views, which normally I at least was watching pay per views before AEW started. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Royal Rumble is always fun, even when it's bad. The Royal's still fun. A- every single year, I'm always like, "Oh, the Royal Rumble!" And then the Royal Rumble comes. In the past few years, it's like, "Oh, this sucks," but I still am excited for the Royal Rumble every year. Mm-hmm. The last line of this review says, and I quote. It didn't try to be anything special, and thankfully they made that clear right away. <laughs> so if it sounds like we're really just barely trying to do any current events, uh, so did WWE. So I think yeah. it's fair. I mean, because NWA, they aired the, you know, their, their next episode. They aired it actually on Monday, which I thought was kind of a shame for the announcers and wrestlers because they all were saying Christmas Eve. Because it yeah. was supposed to air Christmas Eve, and then for some reason, I'm sure, I'm sure it was probably smarter to put it out the day before or whatever. But they didn't come up with that till they'd already filmed it. <laughs> so watching it, it's like oh, Christmas Eve. It was like, man, they screwed them over with that. But, but, uh, but it was fun. We already knew what was going to happen because we were there, and mm-hmm. this was the show that we wore our wrestling mask the entire time. So <laughs> multiple times, you'll see us in the crowd, just in a line of wrestling masks. With Excellent. me in the behind the gorilla shirt, and it's awesome, and it was a fun show. The best part yeah. was definitely Eli Drake walking around semi drunk, mm-hmm. and then Josephus coming out as Santa and singing Christmas carols. That Absolutely. was definitely the highlight of the show. And, and also, into a... and what? I, I was just gonna say, and having a weird little uh, face off moment with the Tennessee Santa that always oh, sits in the yeah, front row of those tapings. Moment. That was a great. I don't think that they. I don't think that was on the, the foot like in the footage and as part of I, the episode. I can see that. Well, I that's can a, see them editing it out. But it was great. But it was Take great. For it. it was great. Um, uh, Eli Drake has the new best chant in wrestling, and it's just yeah, <laughs> and, and it doesn't work with anyone else other than him. No. But it is so much fun. I. It it's is like- so entertaining. It's like the anti-what. It is. basically. It's just what you yell in the middle of a promo on every pause. Except it's when you're hyping the guy up, not trying to throw him off the trail. Right. It's so much fun. He literally can just walk around acting semi-drunk and it's just, yeah. And the whole crowd's like, yeah. 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 I had a lot of fun with that. That was my favorite favorite chant from the shows, for sure. Um, So, I mean, it was, but it was a good show. Another good show. It it, it furthered the storyline, which I like that they're doing. They're actually making it almost like not not quite as far and crazy as like Lucha Underground, but they're actually making it like seasons of stuff. <laughs> like there's an arc going on and yeah. it's with this, you know, this new evil faction. But it's not I don't know. It just feels different than even like AEW's inner circle. Like it, it feels like a TV season, maybe because it's just smaller and more contained. But I, I like it. And and so there's an interest in every episode aside from obviously just the interest in the fun wrestling matches. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, – what did we find out? They were called Strictly Business? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, okay. Strictly Business. We were close. 
We knew we business knew was in be, there somewhere. We knew it couldn't be just business because that doesn't work. It Mm-mm. sounds like you're making fun of them. Like, oh, yeah, they're just business. <laughs> it does. All right. So we got, yeah, so that's back on track. I think you're right. I think the, the more intimate atmosphere has something to do with it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be going as, I don't know, supernatural as Lucha Underground. Is oh, that the right word? Uh, that, that's a good way to put it, sure. Although that would be great if they just took a huge <laughs> left turn. Like but only with like one two. or two characters and nobody else. I mean, it's it's going to be question mark if we're being honest. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm just saying, there's a gold mine here. It's all, He's already Absolutely. the most over person in the company. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But, uh, but, uh, but aside from that, even the other stuff, there's all these stories going on. Like with the women – this new group with Melina, Thunder Rosa, and Marty Bell. One, there's mm-hmm. the story with just them as a group, but then there's a story of like Melina not being happy with Marty Bell and constantly throwing her shade, but then at the last second being like, no, but she's part of the group. Like, right. that's fun. They're setting up that. We got the Ashley Vox thing, who Harris's favorite is, um, with the Thunder Rosa dynamic like there's just there's a lot of stuff going on they're doing a good job of creating a lot of different like everything has some sort of storyline there there's never just random matches happening because even the random matches are like the tv title match you know tournament so and that's going on Mm -hmm. too so everything that's happening is for a reason other than just a wrestling match which is another very impressive thing with them yeah i think one of the things that initially drew me to wrestling was it, it's like a TV show that is aired live every week, so it's a lot of theater elements to it, and there's no room for mistakes and stuff like that. I think the flip side is with tapings, you can plot your storylines out a lot better. You can have arcs yeah. like this yeah. that you follow pretty closely. I think that's a reason. I think that's low key a reason NXT before it went live earlier this year was able to be as good as it was because they had the advantage of setting everything up at a taping but they've 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 clearly continued to be a great promotion but you're right i think there is something to that but but it's different now because now it just feels like a better version of just wwe because it's still it's two (laughs) hours and live and it it feels a little and it's bigger it's it feels a little even though they still film it at full sale it's still it just feels a little bigger but it's mm-hmm. just done the way wrestling should be done, uh, uh, you know, as opposed to SmackDown or Raw or anything else. It's just terrible. Just make it up as you go along. It's fine. It'll right. be fine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, Disney Star Wars <laughs> is just like WWE is right now. Anyway. Except Disney Star Wars doesn't have to make a new movie every week without true. exception <laughs> for years. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Um, uh, but now, but next week or coming up, uh, next th- or this week, AEW is going to have a freaking amazing show. Their big, uh, um, New Year's day show this Wednesday uh-huh. is going to be freaking incredible. I mean, they're doing it like in Jacksonville, you know, where they did the, uh, original press conference announcing everything. Dude, this is, this is the card Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. The AEW uh, Women's Champion, Rio versus Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker versus Hakara 
Sita, uh, I don't remember. Uh, you know, I okay. don't care. I don't care about that match. I, I don't. Now be honest. I don't like the women's matches. Have they run matches. that match on a pay per view before? Because it I'm sure they like have. I'm sure they have. Um, uh, apparently, Chris Statlander was supposed to, it, like it was supposed to be women's champion Rio versus Chris Statlander, up and comer, mm-hmm. who's actually really good. Um, but apparently, Statlander had to back out due to some other commitment so, because she earned the title shot. So it was supposed to be the title match, and that would have been great. Right. But since not that that'll she'll face the winner of this match whoever is the champion after this match next week um it literally just says mjf scheduled to appear which is fine with me like i'm sold that that that's that's good enough and then apparently moxley's gonna do his big announcement about the inner circle i really would like it if he just didn't say anything i just think that'd be funny it's just like no I mean, what could he possibly have to say? Like, I assume, like, Jericho was like, you should join us. Like, he's he's not going to, right? No. What else? No. Uh, Omega and the uh, or the Elite versus uh, Pac and the Lucha Brothers. That's going to be awesome. Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. Taz is going to make an appearance. It's going to be a fun show. There, there's a lot of stuff. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. But, yeah, as far as anything else... Eh, I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, okay, oh. the only other thing... Sorry, Finn. Well, no, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's for something else. Okay, well, the only other thing that I am kind of curious to see is Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler are going to have a match on Tuesday as a part of Fox's New Year's Eve programming. Huh. And I'm just curious to see how that's going to work. If it's going to be like... I assume they're at Times Square. I don't know where the Fox broadcast is from. But... Well, they broadcast from L.A. Okay. Mostly. Well, I'm just... Like like, back, like WWE backstage, right. all that stuff's right. in L.A. I know that. I'm just really curious to see because I don't think it's on Fox Sports, and I don't think it's part of any other programming. I think it's like, hey, this is the Fox broadcast. We're taking you to New Year's Eve, and oh, here's a wrestling match. I think it's part of their other programming. So I'm really interested to see – how they do that, if they have a crowd of wrestling fans, if it's just happening in the middle of a crowd of, like, shrunk New Year's Eve spectators, it might be kind of a letdown, but it sounds like it could be a really weird mainstream crossover, and I'm kind of here for that. I don't know how I haven't even heard of that, but that sounds awesome. I mean, they haven't really pushed it that hard. I just saw it on social media. Why would they not push that? That, that, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know. You'd think they'd be talking about it on fox nfl sunday all day maybe they were maybe i just missed it but that's i'm not even talking about them i'm talking about wwe that just seems so weird it is weird i mean i i imagine we'll hear it promoted a ton tomorrow like every other minute on raw i know he's fighting yeah he's fighting dolph ziggler it's basically the perfect like hey casual fans come watch this match match right because dolph is gonna bump like a madman roman's gonna look awesome and then he's gonna just crush him with a spear and yep we're done you know 10 minutes easy but i don't know it it could be really interesting i'm excited to see how that turns out more than i think any other show this week which i may or may not watch with all the bowl games on i'm excited just i'm always excited just whenever there's wrestling and mainstream anything that yeah exactly i'm always excited for that like just when fox this fox things first happened and then you just started seeing those smackdown commercials like on Sunday and like NFL game, like all that stuff, like for Fox, like that was, that's just cool. I like that. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so that's all for that. So now it's time to talk about what's up with David Arquette. Now, just one thing for this week. Uh, pretty big thing, though. He's going to be back in the ring um, New Year's Eve. And he's going to be uh, tagging with RJ City. It's going to be as a part of bar wrestling. Um, so that's, if you, I guess, if you're in the L.A. area, it's going to be wherever. I don't know where their location is exactly. But Joey Ryan's bar wrestling, tag team match, David Arquette, and RJ City. So that's going to be fun. I don't remember who they're, who they're uh, wrestling, though. But they're back as a tag team. So you know uh, shenanigans are uh, going to ensue whenever those two are grouped together. Oh boy, be careful. Well, thanks for the input, Harris. And uh, now we're, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else I have to all. say, man. That's all we I got. Mean, I, he's having another wrestling match on the other side of the country where we can't see it and we can't watch it. So, mm-hmm. And he's probably like done. He's got to be getting close. Because that documentary will be coming out sometime this year. And Yep. Uh, it's sad. We missed it. We missed it, Harris. He was in Atlanta one time, and it was during WrestleMania week, and it was a surprise appearance at uh, Southern Honor Championship Wrestling, I think, is the name of the small promotion. But it was a surprise appearance, and I wasn't even in the state at the time. So it was very disappointing. Not cool, David Arquette. Come see us. I know. Never, You never did a, a scheduled show in Atlanta. Sad. He'll do the same thing AEW did. He'll come once you take a job somewhere else and you move, and oh, he'll be here the next man. week. That is going to happen. Well, I got tickets for AEW Dynamite. Got them for Christmas, so okay, we'll see sweet. if I'm here or not. I don't know, but I went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> I was Might like, well. I can't think of another Christmas present. Mom, just get me tickets to AEW, and then we'll figure out mm-hmm. something to do if I'm not here. All right. That's all I got. Harris, how about we start cool. the actual show? And uh, what do you got? All right. So we're doing another WWE show. Spoiler alert. Sorry. I couldn't find. I was hoping I could do like a New Year's Eve themed wrestling event. Turns out nothing really happens on New Year's. (laughs) They used to have a pay-per-view, but it was just a pay-per-view. It wasn't anything too crazy. It's really hard to have like a New Year's Eve gimmick match. The same way you can have a Christmas match. Oh, come uh, on. They as... could do a ball drop match where you have a big glass ball up at top of the ring. It slowly comes down and has like a timer yeah. ticking down. And then, you know, it, at some point it'll get to like reaching distance and the first person to grab it and use it wins. Like a ball on a pole match. No, 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 no. Like like it's like, you know how they have the, the belts for ladder matches. Yeah. Well, you just have the ball like that and then it just slowly comes down. As the match goes on, and at some point, mm-hmm. it'll be within grabbing distance, and then the first person to do that wins. So you have to make sure you wrestle the guy keeping yourself close to where the ball is going to be dropping. I'm telling you, man, Vince Russo just had a heart attack hearing that, and it's a brilliant idea. And Harris, I just made this up just now. This this could totally work. I'll take your word for it, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you may realize now why there aren't any New Year's Eve-themed matches out there, at least This is a great idea. Okay. (laughs) No, it is. I'm really really not convinced. I think the time mechanism is really weird. This is a better idea for a match than John Cena and Rusev planning flagpoles out on the stage. Oh, flag matches are terrible. Nobody's arguing that. Those are the worst. 
This is better. Uh, that's not saying much. It's anyway, anyway, I, I think there was one point where Goldust dressed up as like the New Year's Eve baby and ate, ate a stunner from <laughs> Austin. Um, yeah, I, that that but, did happen. Like me saying that is kind of the whole topic. <laughs> so. It wasn't enough for an entire those are the episode. Stuff, th- those are the parts that are disappointing to me. Like, I found so mm-hmm. many things where it's like, this is one of the greatest, dumbest things ever. But it's just like one thing, and it's like, yeah. I can't make that whole episode. You can't build an episode out of it, right? So this no. week, we're going to talk about possibly Kane's greatest feud ever. Um, and it's not with The Undertaker. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Uh, it's not with Shawn Michaels, it's not with Bret Hart, it's not with Kurt Angle, it's not with pretty much whoever might initially come to mind when you think of Kane. I'll tell you but what it, initially comes to my mind, and it's what this topic is. Is it really? Okay, well, so then you know what I'm talking about when I say this is probably Kane's greatest feud of all time, and it is with another WWE Hall of Famer. So we're going to start this story way back at WrestleMania 14, this is 1998. Oh, okay, never mind. I, this was not what I was thinking. Excellent. Okay, so Kane has got a match with The Undertaker. That Kane has debuted pretty recently. He's, you know, the scary fire monster. He's got the mask on, doesn't talk. Paul Bear's with him all the time. This is as hardcore, like, intense, scary as Kane has ever been, right? He's brand new. This is, this is as intense as Kane gets. And... You know, it's WrestleMania. They love to bring out their celebrities in whatever role they possibly can. So this particular year, um, they, they get a guy to be the ring announcer. Now, it's it's not Bruce Buffer. It's not anybody you actually know has Harris, talent as seriously? a ring announcer. Seriously, Bruce Buffer? Yep. You mean Michael Buffer? I mean, I know Michael Buffer also does it. I'm just thinking Bruce Buffer because he's the one that I know more because he's on all the UFC fights. Bruce Buffer has never done wrestling. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Michael Buffer is the wrestling one, and he's the best of all time. Right, but they didn't get him, and they didn't get anybody (laughs) else who could actually conceivably be known as a ring announcer. That's, That's disappointing. Anyway. It is, but, you know, we get something else pretty good out of it. So the ring announcer himself gets an entrance, and they point out that this is the man who is one of the all-time greats in the game of baseball. Wow. The man who is no doubt a future Hall of Famer, the hit king of baseball. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Pete Rose. Oh, yes. Okay, two things right off the bat. For those of you who don't know a lot about baseball, uh, Pete Rose very famously banned from the game of baseball uh, for life, for forever. He's never going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's kind of a big point of contention, which Mark could probably tell us more about. It's the stupidest thing ever. So when they say a surefire future Hall of Famer in 1998, they're pretty much just making fun of him. Right. I mean, he's he has always argued that he should be allowed into the Hall of Fame. Mark, it sounds like, feels yes. the same way. He's the greatest hitter of all time. Yes. Right. Well, that's, I'm just going to go ahead and segue then to the second point, which is this 
WrestleMania is taking place in Boston, and the more widely known hit king, quote unquote, to a casual fan is probably Ted Williams. Oh, not to a casual fan. Are you kidding what me? The... More more casual people know who Pete Rose is than who Ted Williams is. I don't know if that's true. But that's anyway, one hundred percent true. But as far as baseball that's... fans, sure. Okay. Of course. Okay, okay. Well, so baseball fans then. I'll defer to your baseball knowledge on this. You do know more about it than I do. But Ted Williams famously a Boston Red Sox. Oh, yeah. So you would think, as somebody who's not qualified to be here at all, who isn't a ring announcer, Pete Rose would just, <laughs> you know, be happy to be here. He's got his little tux on. You know, he's all dressed up. Just do your job, read their names, and get out, right? Right. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pete Rose did not come to Boston to play around. The first thing he says is not, oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here at WrestleMania. No, no. The first thing that Pete Rose says is, last time I was here, we kicked your ass. <laughs> I'm telling now, you, like, he's a natural. He's, <laughs> oh, he certainly amazing. knows He knows what he's there to do. I assume, I had to look this up, like for one of his World Series championships, he did beat the Red Sox. So I, I assume that's what he's talking about, except that mm-hmm. was in 1975. It was a while ago. So I really doubt this is the first time he's been to Boston since he won that game. That, Particularly no, no. because he continued to play football for years after the fact. Baseball. But, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm watching football. As that would have been this. weird. That would have been really weird. If he's like, <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> he pulls a Brock Lesnar. Kayfabe, he never went back. He never played in Boston ever again. And he goes on, you know, to really lay it on. You people will never win a World Series. You're a city of losers, you know. I tried to give WrestleMania tickets to my friend Bill Buckner, and he couldn't bend over to pick them <laughs> up. Like, just, yeah. Oh, GP yeah. Four days. I don't know why he hates Boston so much. But evidently, Kane decides, well, he's just he's never going to get around to actually doing his job. Kane just go ahead and starts his entrance right now. You know, the the bells, the fire, the whole nine yards. He makes his way to the ring. He's he's got Paul Bearer at his side and he just he just walks in and just instantly tombstones Pete Rose like he doesn't get a chance to do his (laughs) job at all. He just comes to the ring in a tuxedo, runs his mouth and gets annihilated by Kane. And he's, he, you know, Tombstone pile driver, pretty intense move. It is a pile driver. Yeah, he's stretchered out. Of oh, course, yeah, of course. He's an old man, a retired baseball player, <laughs> and he just ate a tombstone. So he's out. Not only that, when he's being stretchered out, like they they don't. It's the worst stretcher job I've ever seen. <laughs> they don't like lay him down. They don't put a neck brace on him. He just kind of lies sideways in the fetal position on the stretcher and then they run him out. Like clearly nobody at ringside is qualified to handle this. So they just kind of oh, run him Harris, out. You're, and... you're telling me they didn't send real paramedics out there, but, but like they've done that in the past. They've sent people who actually sort of look like they know what they're doing. I think WWE just didn't expect anyone to get injured in the pregame, like the lead up <laughs> to the match. Well, so I mean, I guess that's fair. You know, that's yeah. fair, I guess. 
Maybe. All the actual paramedics were in catering because they're like, well, we've got at least five or ten minutes because the undertaker has to make his entrance and all this kind of stuff. Right. They're getting the rest of their, you know, their 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 dinner down. Yeah. So this is a very entertaining bit. It's a little weird because Kane is the heel. And it seems like for a non-title match, it would make more sense to have the undertaker come out and kill him and get like the baby face pop. Yeah, you would think. I don't know. I, I don't really know why they did that, but I do know that Pete Rose was not happy about this, Mark. Uh-oh. And I know that because the second chapter of our story takes place not the next month, not the next major pay-per-view, but exactly one year later mm. at WrestleMania 15. Biden is time, I see. Yeah, he's a crafty guy, you know? Hey, if you're going to do it, you might as well just wait till WrestleMania. Oh, exactly. You know, he wants to he wants to get back at Kane at a place where it'll have the biggest impact. Sure. I think that's the takeaway here. Never let it be said that WWE doesn't care about long-term storytelling because Pete Rose, the Pete Rose saga, look, you've got John Cena and The Rock back-to-back WrestleManias. I know that's not great, but it is at least iconic. You've got Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, back-to-back WrestleManias. Oh, yeah. As as great as it gets in the wrestling business. And then you've got Pete Rose and Kane, a feud for the ages, truly, truly, truly. <laughs> so this year, by the way, shameless plug, this is the same WrestleMania, WrestleMania 15, where Butterbean just absolutely <laughs> annihilates poor Bart Gunn in the Brawl for All final. So check that episode out. That was one of the first episodes we ever did. It is, yeah. They they, they tried to get pro wrestlers to fight for realsies, you guys. It went really badly. <laughs> the Kane, oh, Kane was not a part of any of that. Kane is here to the wrestle. The best part, Harris, is like yep. when, when you're watching stuff and then you're like, oh, that happened here. Like that's that is always yeah. fun. Overlapping stuff is fun. It happens a lot more the longer we do this show, where you're yeah. like, wait, this was also going on at the same time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So, now Kane is in a match with Triple H. It's your typical, it's still scary Kane. I want to make that clear. Like, the Katie Vick slapstick Kane is still several years away. This is scary Kane. And the announcers are trying to play up that contrast, because he's fighting Triple H, and this is prime DX Triple H. 1999 the attitude era is in full swing so as kane is making his way to the ring there's the organ music there's the choir there's fire there's pyro being set off everywhere you know the announcers are doing their best they're really trying to sell this right he was disfigured as a child he burned his parents alive imagine the horror of his childhood with an upbringing like that and on and on and on and then he's attacked from behind not by the undertaker what not by Triple H, not Aww. by, I don't know, Paul Bearer, not by... That would be somebody great. Else, I know, would love for Paul Bearer to attack anybody. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, Mark, <laughs> I, I would tell you to guess, but you wouldn't guess who attacks him. I wouldn't. It's it's the San Diego Chicken. No, no, would not have guessed that. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> not in a million years. Yeah. Yeah, and the announcers immediately assume, oh, well, this must be Triple H, because who else would it be? Because that's who he's feuding with, and, you know, this is DX Triple H. He's a punk. He'll do stuff like this to get into Kane's head, that's, yeah. and he's ambushed Kane a couple of times, I think, in the build-up to this pay-per-view. But uh, 
No, Kane. Kane immediately like turns the tables on him, spins him around, grabs him by the throat, and rips off the mask to reveal no, it's actually Pete Rose. <laughs> to the complete like baffling indifference of the crowd, like you get a pop, but it's a pop on like a five second delay because every other person in the stadium has to go wait. Oh, oh, it's like last year. I get it. Like, that's what happens. And you right. hear it happen. Which, by the way, kudos to Pete Rose, because nobody saw this coming, clearly. Like, least of all, Kane. I mean, how could you? No. The last thing you would expect is to be attacked by the chicken. And, okay, I give Pete credit for for the surprise attack, for biding his time, even for the disguise. But there's two main problems with this plan. Uh, number one, yeah, he still can't fight Kane. Like, he's still just old man Pete Rose. If I attacked, let's let's say Kane. If I attacked Kane from behind, doesn't matter how well I surprised him. It wouldn't go well. No, Kane's no, Kane's a giant no. muscular man in the words who fights of, people for a living. In the words of Andy Dwyer, would not go well. Would not go well. And the announcers know it. You know, he he drags poor Pete Rose back into the ring, lines him up, and hits another tombstone on him. And the announcers are immediately like, (laughs) what the hell was Pete Rose thinking? Which is a fair question. But I, I don't know. I guess he thought the element of surprise would be enough. The second problem I have with this, Mark, WrestleMania wasn't in San Diego. I don't know wait, why he's wait, the wait, chicken. Wait, 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, not... ba- baseball, you know, mascot. Sure. San Diego. He was in Philadelphia. Just be the fanatic. Well, they, they couldn't afford that. <laughs> at this point, I don't That's even probably think. Yet. At this point, I don't even think the San Diego chicken existed anymore as a mascot. So that's probably why. They couldn't afford the fanatic. Are you kidding me? That the the owners of that thing are like a steel trap when it comes to being used. <laughs> so you saw the thing of like they're gonna is the Philly fanatic is too good for WrestleMania. Yes, it's beneath him. I yes, I I or no, it's just not they're they're not yeah yes I I yes. <laughs> Apparently, the creators <laughs> of the fanatic are like threatening to sue the Phillies and like not use it anymore. Like, there's a bunch of crap going on with that Fanatic. Oh. I'm telling you. It's, well, it's a deep that, well. We could do a whole episode oh. on that if we did a baseball podcast. I kind of want to hear all about this anyway. But, <laughs> if look, if this brings us closer to the world where the Philly Fanatic is a free agent, I am all in. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. There were talks about that where it might no That's... longer be associated with the Phillies anymore. And then, well, then what? Vince, get look, on the phone. <laughs> the new look, mascot not, for, for Raw. Look, I'm not saying I would, but I'm definitely not saying that I wouldn't pay money to watch the Philly Fanatic fight Gritty at WrestleMania. I'd, I'd drop 50 bucks on that, I think. Uh, you might be right. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, so if, anyway. If, if it was set in Philadelphia and the winner became the new ruler of the city of Philadelphia. Ooh. ooh. Uh, I would, yeah, you you got me there. I mean, all right, so book it, Vince. Anyway, 
So Pete Rose has snuck into WrestleMania dressed as an extinct mascot, apparently, and tried to beat up Kane. Did not go well. He ate another tombstone, and he's hauled off to the back. No, not on a stretcher this time. You will know. Well, that's good. So he's he's, he's clearly, getting better. He's, he's building up his endurance. I mean, there's two options. Either one, he is training and getting stronger, or two, like once you've been hit by one tombstone, the second one can only do so much damage, and he's building up an immunity to the tombstone. That's the other possibility we have to keep in mind. That's here. a good point. Because wait, sorry, what? I said that's a good point. Also, maybe Kane isn't in his prime as he was last year. That's true. You know, he could have lost be distracted. He could. You know, he maybe he's going through a, a slump. Well, he was taken by surprise, so maybe that threw him off a little yeah, bit. That pro- yeah, that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> so the third chapter of our story comes, you guessed it, not the next month, not the next pay-per-view, the next year's WrestleMania. We're now at WrestleMania 16, known on the network as WrestleMania 2000, which is... Yeah, that's always annoying because then you look it up and you're like, all right, which one was this? And that's going to be the way it is now. Like, I don't even know what WrestleMania we're on yeah. anymore because they quit numbering them. So I'm like, I uh, I think we, we've had what? what? What did we just have, 35? Mm, yes. I, I honestly but don't I remember. To, I have to go backwards. I have to work it out because I know 30 was in 14. Right. Because that was the first one I, I ever know, watched. That's I like know the, 32. the WrestleMania to me. I know I can always go back to 32 because that was the one in mm-hmm. Dallas. And then after that, I have to remember which what happens in which one to get it down. It It's going to be really nice whenever Vince changes his mind about that and they start doing the numbers again because that's actually really cool. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's WrestleMania 16, WrestleMania 2000 because it was in the year 2000. It's very clever. Kane, okay, Kane has gotten a little bit sillier at this point. Now, we're still a few years away from the whole Caden Vick thing. He's still a big, scary fire demon, but he's a babyface now, and he's teaming up. He's in a tag team with Rikishi. So, you know, it's definitely gotten a little bit weirder. And as he's making his way out to the ring for his tag team match at WrestleMania 2000, the announcers are not going to be fooled again. you got to hand it to Jerry <laughs> King Lawler. Now, they know. They have actually he, – he's been interviewed earlier in the night. You know that Pete Rose is in the building. Right. But Pete Rose in his interview says, no, 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 I'm just here to watch WrestleMania because I'm a big wrestling fan. Jerry's having none of it. Jerry the King Lawler will not be fooled again. He's looking out for Pete Rose as Kane is making his way to the ring. But it turns out he he needn't have worried. Kane and Rikishi have a perfectly fine, perfectly clean wrestling match with like the D-list members of DX at the time. It's X-Pac and somebody else. It's... Whatever. It's a tag team match in the year 2000. It's fun. But they win. You know, Tombstone, Stink Face, Kane and Rikishi on top. Hooray. And then there's another tag team that I guess they're friends with called Too Cool. I don't know a lot about them. I don't know if you do. Uh, um, I don't remember. I, I'd know them if I saw them. So their whole thing, right, like they just – you get what they are instantly, right? They come to the ring. They do a little dance. They they start to get like they they give Rikishi a this, set of matching sunglasses. No, and this the three is, of them this do is a little dance number. Yeah, this is this uh, uh, Scotty Tuhati and um, probably uh, blanked on Grandmaster Sex A. I probably I especially because I, I feel like I think the, it is, but I could be okay. wrong. No, I mean that sounds right. 
But as they start to do their little dance, the chicken is back. <laughs> the San Diego chicken is back. This is also not held in San Diego, although okay, he's telling me just, maybe just he might have confirm, been retired at that just, point. Just to confirm. A bit. Yeah. Yes. Too cool is what I was thinking of. Okay. It's Grandmaster Sexay, and I, I, I literally am saying that right. It's S-E-X-A-Y. Right. I knew and, that. And Scotty Too Hotty. Grandmaster Sexay was the son of Jerry Lawler. Although he did die, he died last year, like tragically. Yeah, I heard about that. So, yeah, um, yeah and then uh, Scotty Too Hotty gave us the worst wrestling maneuver of all time, the worm that he did as a finishing <laughs> move. Um, the only thing good about it is David Arquette did that in WCW. That, that's the only thing good about it. All right, all right. There we go. We got it back to David Arquette in the end. So <laughs> they're ambushed as they start their little dance with Rikishi. The chicken is back, and every you know. The announcers are like, oh, Pete Rose, you're at it again. Why you like this, Pete Rose? Just leave Kane alone. And Kane immediately realizes that it's Pete Rose. He just stops and kind of stands in the corner and stares him down. <laughs> and then Rikishi and Too Cool just do their little dance anyway. And it's not like a it's not like a Fandango thing. Like the lights turn out and there's spotlights on the ring and it's like choreographed. It's like this weird little break in, I don't know, reality. So it's like it's Carmella's dance break. Kind of, except, yeah, yeah, it's pretty similar to that, I guess. Except they've clearly practiced it. They're not, like, freestyling anything. <laughs> right, Rikishi, so clearly way better. So Rikishi and Too Cool, they've got this whole thing down, and the chicken is in the background just kind of vamping, you know, like, improvising as best he can. And Kane, very politely, waits for them to finish before he grabs the chicken and is about to just well, that's beat nice. the bejesus out of him. Again, he drags him into the corner, and who slides into the ring but Pete Rose with a baseball bat, <laughs> which is the most perfect choice, by the way. That's amazing. Oh, that, that's, that's perfect. I'm telling you, the guy's a genius. He learned. He learned. He learned from his exactly. mistakes. Exactly. He's been biding his time for a year, and here's the thing, Mark, two years, really. Right. It would have worked this time. Except now Kane's in a tag team. So Rikishi oh. just snatches the bat out of his hand. Oh, Kane no. is totally preoccupied by the chicken. Right. Until Rikishi snatches the bat out of Pete Rose's hand. Then Kane turns around. The chicken presumably just runs for its life. I don't know if it was in on this <laughs> or not, but he's gone. He's <laughs> split. But who is the chicken? I don't. The chicken is the chicken. We know. We the, need to know who the chicken is. I'm just going to say that it was David Arquette because you can't prove that it wasn't. <laughs> sure. So now this is where my theory of Pete Rose is slowly gaining immunity to the tombstone comes into play. Kane doesn't hit him with a tombstone. Oh, Kane, I think, is on to this. He says, no, 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 no. We got to do something different. Hits him with a choke slam instead. Oh, and that appears to be enough to really put Pete Rose out of commission, except you can't you can't have a spot with Rikishi and not give him a stink face. So he's dragged yeah, to his feet. That's unfortunately by true. Now, at this point, look, Pete Rose was out of line the first WrestleMania he starred in. Sure. I don't I won't disagree with you on but that. But he didn't deserve it's, to get tombstoned by Kane. I no, don't know if he went he didn't go that far. And it's been three years at this point, and now the WWE Universe just delights in this poor old man getting the crap kicked out of him, like on an annual <laughs> basis. It's it's like Christmas at this point. It's WrestleMania, 
Kane's going to kill Pete Rose. So he eats the choke slam. He eats the stink face. And unfortunately, that's kind of where things start to slow down with poor Pete Rose. The next time we see him is in 2002. And this is the year of Katie Vick. I don't know how the, um, how the timeline lines up exactly, like when the Katie Vick storyline happened versus when this is. The next time we see him is in an ad for the pay-per-view, which I'm assuming is canon. I, I think that's how this works. <laughs> oh, no, it it's definitely ha- is. It definitely is because remember um, on the uh, the Undertaker and Underfaker episode with the fake Undertaker for WrestleMania, yeah. we had Police Squad and Leslie Nielsen as a part of all those <laughs> commercial like commercial segments uh and uh and there were there were several and like cuz there was the segments but then there were the commercial ones like for real like i don't remember there was like the pizza hut one remember where undertaker mm-hmm. is delivering the pizza as he's looking for the undertaker but he misses him right. because of course cuz he's Leslie Nielsen yeah but that was an actual commercial and that so, sounds right. Uh, okay. So yeah, no commercials are canon. Okay, I'm glad you remembered that because so now the pay per view is no mercy. It, it's set to take place at the end of October, so this is Halloween, and there's a bunch of adorable little children that come up. I almost said to Leslie Nielsen's house. It's Pete Rose's house. <laughs> it would have been better if it was Leslie Nielsen's house. It would have been very weird. But Pete <laughs> Rose, whose house, by the way. Looks a whole lot like Norman Bates's house in Psycho, which is never explained, but I'm oh. pretty sure Pete Rose lives there. Yeah. Okay. okay sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. Because it's Halloween, it's spooky, and all these kids, different kids, are showing up in WWE costume, and Pete Rose is having none of it. So the first kid, you know, and they're all WWE costumes, and Pete Rose has like a mean little put down for each of them based on whoever <laughs> they're dressed up as, you know. So the first one shows up as the Rock. And he's like, if you smell what the trick or treat and Pete Rose is like, I don't think so, jabroni, get out of here. You know, like it's that kind of thing. And at first glance, you think, hey, Pete Rose is being really mean to these kids. But when you think about it for a second, based on the rules we've just established, uh, commercials are canon and they're not airing on Halloween. It's not Halloween. (laughs) The pay-per-view itself is on October 20th, which means these are on TV like a week before. Right. At the latest. It's the middle of October. These children are just annoying Pete Rose. (laughs) Of course he's not going to give them candy. (laughs) These kids are clearly trick-or-treating not on Halloween. Yeah, they're just crashing at his house. Oh, that's great. Someone didn't think this through. Yeah, we fully crossed the line from like, he kind of deserves it to, no, no, no. Now we're just harassing and bullying Pete Rose. So, you know, you get a kid dressed like Kurt Angle. You get a kid dressed like DX. You get a kid dressed like whoever, whatever. Then the doorbell rings again. And for some reason, Pete Rose has continued to answer the door. I think he enjoys being mean to these kids. So maybe he does deserve it a bit. Mm, Except this maybe. time, it's not a cute little kid. It's just Kane. Oh, no. It's just giant fire monster Kane at his doorstep. And he just says, hi, Pete. Wait, he talks? Because <laughs> it's, it's comedy Kane at this point, frankly. This is this is Katie Vick era Kane. And he just shows up at his doorstep like, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know what's about to happen. And he grabs him by the throat. 
throat, hoists him up, choke slam right onto his front porch. <laughs> and then it cuts away to presumably like whatever is the ad for the pay-per-view, you know, like order now. You can get WWE, no mercy, whatever. Cuts back to Pete Rose lying just absolutely comatose. Like he, he smashed into his wooden porch a little bit, like there's a crater or whatever. And the children are running out of the house, arms full of candy. And one of them looks down at him and says, looks like the, the trick's on you, Pete. And then they run into the night. They just robbed this man, like straight up. And are really obnoxious about it. Like they're taunting. But hold on, hold on. By. This also means... This also means that Pete Rose is just a candy hoarder. <laughs> and it's clearly just well, like out. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that he actually loves Halloween and he loves giving kids candy. <laughs> and he was stocking up waiting for Halloween. And then they just knocked him out and stole all his candy anyway. That's the sadder option. Yeah. But both are possible. So, this apparently, this was more or less the last straw. We're kind of going to go into fast-forward mode here. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. And I would like to think that it's because he was such a good sport and just kept getting the crap kicked out of him over and over and over again. More realistically, it's because by this point, the fact that he would never be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame kind of became an established narrative. And it's Vince McMahon just thought this would be hilarious. That's, that's 100% what yeah. happened, yes. That's clearly what was going on. Even more ironically, he was the first person ever inducted into the celebrity wing. So, like, good for him, I guess. Like, he was one of the first people to be high-profile enough and consistent enough. But again, there are other bigger celebrities who were involved in wrestling before Pete Rose and... It's just because it was funny and would get a headline at the time. <laughs> so that's a little sad. It's even sadder when Kane is the one to induct him. And Kane gets to the podium and he's like, yeah, Pete, you better not bet on ever getting back at me at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's funny, Cause, you know, because he bet. Explain stuff. it to the people who aren't baseball fans. Uh, uh, Pete Rose was... Um, busted for betting on his own baseball games. Um, and that's, you know, not allowed. Now, to be fair, well, at least according to him, he always bet on his teams to win. And if you know Pete Rose, I believe that 100%. Because this is the biggest competitor in probably the history of sports, not even just baseball. Like, he would kill people. Like, of course, this is back in the day when you could run over everyone on the baseball field, and I wish that was still the yeah. case because it was so much more fun. I mean, you could run yeah. over the second baseman covering second on a double play. You could run over the catcher. I mean, this guy was just ferocious on everything, and the best hitter of all time has the record of hits. So I believe that, but still, it's not allowed. And so, therefore, he was kicked out of baseball and banned now he shouldn't be now it's still ridiculous that he's not in the Hall of Fame because the way baseball bans you it's it, it's like anyway you know what I'm not even going to talk about it it's just dumb he should be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> at this point 
I don't see what is gained by not leaving him out of the Hall of Fame. And now it's just baseball being petty, which baseball is probably the pettiest thing in the world. So it makes sense. I think the only clear solution is a lot of other people have to gamble on baseball. Because right now, like the reason, again, here's a little, here's a little baseball history. The reason they're so paranoid about this is because in 1919, the Chicago White Sox actually literally threw the World Series. Right. Like they gambled on the other team to win. Or they were, you know, bookies coerced them into doing it. And then they lost. They threw the World Series like a boxer would throw a fight. And it was a huge scandal. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know how yeah, like, that was boxing part of can it, get yeah. this reputation, like this sketchy reputation for like fixed fights and stuff. And that's kind of how wrestling got started because wrestling matches used to be shoots. And then sometimes they were fixed and sometimes they weren't. I think baseball looked down the alley, like turned a corner and said, wait, baseball could just be a work if we don't stop this. Mm, yeah, I mean, it, it also it wasn't just that was the big kick in the pants because like gam- gambling baseball was rampant at that point. Like yeah. this was yeah. not an ice like this happened all the time. People were there, there was literally one guy. I forgot what his name was. He got caught like six or seven times betting on games and stuff and still was in the game like in 1919 when this was going on like so it was kind of one of those we need to fix this like now and so they just cracked down on everything and you know but anyway that 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 is a little little history with that yeah so they were so now pete rose not in the mlb hall of fame but he is in the wwe hall of fame you know and he's so he's you very can gracious. say pete rose is a hall of famer exactly and that sentence is that's, accurate which is the entire reason he's in there but that's neither here nor there he's he's very classy he thanks vince mcmahon you know for the spotlight he talks about sitting in gorilla position and how cool that was and you know he thanks the fans he says and this is kind of funny wrestler wrestling fans and nascar fans were the only people who really treated him well outside of baseball which i think is a, that that venn diagram makes a lot of sense yeah it does yes it but does. it's not often i think you hear nascar name dropped in wwe so the last appearance that he has made so far in the story of pete rose was in 2010 he was a guest host on Monday Night Raw, and this almost could have—I don't think it was quite weird enough for an episode. But he does exactly what you'd expect him to do, and he books Kane in a match against Shawn Michaels to see Kane get beat up, and it works actually. Like there's—he <laughs> makes it so there's no countouts, there's no DQs. You know, he's he's wishing Shawn Michaels good luck backstage and all this stuff, and he wins. Like Shawn Michaels wins. But while Pete Rose is celebrating his victory, he's talking about how much his luck has changed. And then Mm. Kane shows up and says, you think your luck's changed, huh? Well, don't bet on it. And then he grabs him by the throat, drags him into a broom closet, and just beats the crap out of him. Just, it's one of those (laughs) things where it's like Looney Tunes style. Like, you don't see it happen. You just hear it behind a closed door right right probably very severe it's been 10 years at this point since he did anything in wrestling so you can imagine any tolerance he built up to any of the moves has long since worn off but yeah yeah he's kind of done 
He needs to build that Poor back Pete. up. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much where our story ends. The only other uh, the only other bit that we've heard about him ever since is is from Kane's own lips uh, in 2012. As part of Team Hell No with Daniel Bryan, they're both in anger management. And they're talking about their problems. They're talking about, you know, the flaws that they have as people. And Kane admits, and I quote, For reasons never quite explained, I have an unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rose. (laughs) So clearly this is one feud that time cannot heal. Like, uh, like Kane, Rose, it makes even less sense because, like, Kane is not from Boston no. or anything. So why did he take such offense? Like, that's I mean, how this all started. Happened is he just did it once or twice and got a taste for it. Like, that's clearly what has happened here. Yeah, yeah. It, just it became unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, he just can't turn it off. So Pete Rose obviously still hates Kane. He hasn't tried to get him back for it yet, but I I personally believe it's coming. (laughs) And not only that, but Kane hates Pete Rose. I think without question, it's one of the greatest feuds in wrestling history and for sure the most significant thing Kane will ever be a part of. Oh, Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I would would say so. Forget being the Undertaker's burned brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Pete Rose showing up in Knox County and just kicking the crap out of Kane while he's at like a city hall meeting or something. <laughs> just really bring it full circle. <laughs> but until that day comes, that's all we have for this topic. Aw, it's over. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I wanted more Pete Rose getting beat up by Kane. It's astonishing that there's so much of it already. <laughs> it was very entertaining. Yeah, and I, there's just very clearly a turning point where, like, he's not the bad guy anymore. He's just the victim. For me, it's kind of it, – it's when they rob his house. It's when they come to his own dwelling and kick the crap out of him and steal his candy. But <laughs> wherever yeah, that, That's the part the where line, it changes and now he becomes – the baby face. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's bound to get over someday. Of course. Just just keep watching. I hope it happens. Book it, Vince. I want to see that at WrestleMania. Funny, one of the funniest parts is after his latest, I can't call it an assassination attempt, but like whatever it is, like his ambush on Kane at WrestleMania, the announcers are like, how many years will he keep trying to do this? <laughs> and the only problem I have with this angle is I wish they had kept it going. And Michael Cole offhand is like, he'll be doing this at WrestleMania 30. And I wish he had. Oh. Just for that little nod to continuity. It wouldn't have made a lick of sense. I'm trying to remember who Kane was even. Was he in the three-way tag match with the Shield at that point? I think he was. Uh, I don't remember all the way. I, I remember... think it was like... I don't remember much. I think it was Kane and, like, the New Age Outlaws against the Shield. And if, like, halfway through that match, Pete Rose had just shown up, tried to hit Kane with a bat, got speared by Roman Reigns, and was never seen again, (laughs) that would have been incredible. Real missed opportunity. But other than that, this is a very fun angle. It's dumb, but it's dumb in all the right ways. And if you're going to get a celebrity involved, 
this is kind of what you want to happen. Look, there they are. Look, they're getting beat up, and that's it. I like it. I also like it. So reach out to us. Let us know what other Hall of Famers or non-Hall of Famers you would like to see get beat up by WWE wrestlers. Because the well is endless, really. It Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. You could have whatever you wanted. At this point, anything can happen in wrestling. That is true. Who would you want? The one that was always in my mind, and I think this was like rumored for a minute because somebody made like a clickbait YouTube video about it. I saw the thumbnail. I don't remember. Justin Bieber could be so good at this if he wanted to be. (sighs) If he put in a little bit of effort like Mike Tyson in 1997-esque effort and just came out and was like the biggest, most entitled prick on the show because he's Justin Bieber – and just got annihilated by Kevin Owens. That would be some of the most entertaining sports entertainment I can imagine. That's the dream. Yeah, that's not – that's – yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Because you hate him. Like that's why. Like your tone of voice, you're like, ah. But that's why it would work. But I don't even know if, if I'd give it a chance. It. That's the thing. I mean it wouldn't have to be this prolonged angle. But true, get true. Heat. If he oh, tried well, even yeah. a little bit, he would get heat whether it's – Five minutes later or two months later, when you have Kevin Owens come out and kill him, it's going to be great. Yeah, no that, no, that definitely could work. Book it, Vince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't in, think Vince has enough money for that, though. I was going to say, in fairness to Vince, I don't think that's him being unwilling. I think that's Justin being unwilling. You yeah. coward. Show yourself. I'm telling you, man, Kanye West would be great. <laughs> You talk about someone built for professional wrestling. Holy moly. That would be amazing. They they got LeVar Ball and his sons on Monday Night Raw one night. I remember that. That was one of the most entertaining guest spots I've ever seen. Because it did legitimately feel like it was going to go off the rails at any moment. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I do. I forgot about that. That was, that, that was, that, that happened. It certainly did. My favorite part of that was LeVar Ball getting into the ring. Yeah. It was by far the funniest thing I've ever seen. He looked like an alien, like just the way he walked or the I've way never he ran seen, down I didn't know, the ring. I didn't know human beings could move like that. Yeah, it was, he it was terrifying. Like, he looked like you, – you remember Men in Black? Yeah. You, remember, you know how Vincent D'Onofrio plays the alien wearing the dude's skin? <laughs> That's kind of what it reminded me of, the way the way he like moved into the ring. It was like I don't think that's, that's a natural human movement. That's such a great comparison too. <sighs> anyway, can you tell we've been stalling for time? We've added a good fifteen or twenty minutes just of nonsense for this whole show, and now and we're over an hour. So mission accomplished. <laughs> Look, we you say we that follow like some sort of revenue incentive. Like you know, like YouTube videos make more money if they're over ten minutes. <laughs> we don't have to make these an hour long. We just do because we feel like we should. Yeah, well, that's just typical podcast time. Mm, that's true. I don't know. Can you tell that we don't care right now? Just like everyone else doesn't care about whatever they're doing in this week in between Christmas and New Year's, because that's what happened. 
But fortunately, uh, we got to talk about Pete Rose being multiple times beat up by Kane. Poor Pete so Rose, man. It wasn't a total loss. No, nah, I had a good time. <laughs> I had a good time watching multiple instances of an old man getting beaten up by Kane. Oh, me too. Me too, for sure. All right. That is it for this episode. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. It's where I post all the links to the episodes and random other wrestling stuff that's been going on. I haven't been posting anything recently because nothing has happened. So that's why Christmas and stuff's happening. There's a lot more other things going on. But that'll pick up, especially with AEW on Wednesday. And David Arquette wrestling on uh, Tuesday night. And I think Wednesday night, too. It might be a two-day thing. I don't remember. but uh, I can see that. We'll def- I'll definitely see what I can find of people filming that. I don't know. Bar Wrestling, a lot of times, airs. Like, they do, like, pay-per-views. They might be doing it. I need to look into that. Maybe, hmm. they'll, maybe they'll be airing it. That would be nice. Yep. He hasn't had a thing aired in a long time. So... Anyway, regardless, you can hear all about that on next week's episode. We'll keep you up to date on all the in-ring action of our patron saint, David Arquette. Um, so, yeah, just follow us on Twitter for all of that. Again, at Behind underscore Gorilla. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Behind underscore Gorilla. And then we're on Facebook at just, uh, I think we're the, I think it's the Behind, or Behind, I think it's just Behind the Gorilla. I don't remember. I don't remember what the Facebook one is. That one doesn't really matter. I just post the links. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. We follow back wrestling fans. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So you can do that as well. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Any, uh, any final thoughts, Harris? Keep your eyes open for Pete Rose. I don't think he's done. Just stay, <laughs> stay frosty out there. Always, always stay frosty for Pete Rose good way to end it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. (laughs) Have a great week.